0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Jump Ball Podcast. I'm your host Moe Docky and today my guest is Zach Harper. He's a writer for The Athletic, but I'm sure you've heard him on one of his zillion podcasts. He does podcasts on The Athletic, The Daily Ding, he's on Basketball Buds, he has a bunch with Counted Dings, he does The Mailbag on Friday, he started a new one with The Mean El Hassan, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I can't even remember, The Cine... How do you say it, Zach? Cinephobe. Cinephobe. See, I just couldn't Yeah. Hear it. But they did a thrilling breakdown of Kangaroo Jack 2. Uh, uh, I'm i glad they did it, because I'm never going to watch that movie. Don't ever watch it. It's so bad. <laughs> but more importantly, he's father to my, one of my favorite dogs, Boogie. So I felt like I had to bring him on. And if Boogie barks in the background, I'm going to be quite happy.
1: He's been pretty difficult this morning, so it wouldn't shock me if he did.
0: <laughs> Love it. Well, we're going to get right into the playoff stuff. Um. Man, that was a hell of a game last night for, between the Warriors and the Rockets. <laughs> it's
1: a scary game, man. That, was, that whole KD injury, uh, it was, uh, you know, you, you hold your breath and it's and you're probably still not out of the woods, even though they they calmed everybody by saying a, a right calf strain, right? Like, we'll still find out more and what the extent is. But, um, man, like, they find a way to bring stress to the inevitable, right? Like, that's, <laughs> that's what the Warriors do at this point, and... It feels less
0: and less inevitable every time and yet they keep winning. So I don't know. I mean that's gotta be it's gotta be frustrating if you're Houston. You're making the comeback even while KD's playing. Uh he goes out, you tie it at the third quarter, it's 72-72, and you still lose the game. Curry goes off, who's you know, he's been dormant for I mean, it feels like almost most of the playoffs, and he starts to have kind of a Curry like game. Clay Thompson had a pretty solid game altogether, finally kind of showing signs. But you know when their best player goes out, Harden gets like what one shot, two shots in the fourth quarter. One shot
1: in the last eight thirty-eight, I believe, or eight forty, uh, and he made it. <laughs> he shooting a hundred percent, hundred percent on that. But uh, yeah, one shot. He had five points. Um, I think five points in the fourth quarter total.
0: Y- y- yeah, and it just like I'm just watching it going like, man, you, you he's he's not going to touch the ball this possession. Oh, he's not. He's not going to touch it. The next. Po- oh, he's not gonna touch it for a while okay uh this seems smart you know this is your potential mvp what were your takeaways on that like when you saw that was it golden state doing a great job defensively on him was it just him disappearing was it was it the rockets just kind of went away from him What, what were your thoughts on that I
1: mean, first and foremost, I checked to make sure I knew what the game situation was because I had to make sure that it wasn't an elimination game. <laughs> that they were doing actually a seven game series, not a five game series, because usually that's a hardened elimination game tactic where he just kind of fades away for no reason. But no, like I think I think the Warriors did a really good job defensively of denying him the ball, of making him give it up, um, of of showing a back line of defense, showing a second tier defender, you know, uh, blitzing him when they when they could, denying the ball when they could, but they've been doing that all series they did they tried that in houston and he still dropped what like almost 40 points in back-to-back games like they or maybe did get 40 points back-to-back games like he scored a bunch and so uh and so they did that in houston and it didn't work because he was aggressive he wasn't aggressive like i as much as i want to credit the warriors for their tactics and and their effort on defense especially after kd went out um this was about harden just not stepping up like he just he didn't make any plays. Like, he, he just seemed to decide, like, all right, I'll, I'll see if Chris wants this one. Like, it just, And, like, you're the MVP. You're the guy. You're the guy with the historic scoring season. What is wrong with you? Like, And this was, this is what drives me crazy, and I'm almost in this, like, Tom Haberstroh, Toronto Raptors, are we doing this again mode with, with Harden and the Rockets of just, like, you have this moment. Like, Kevin Durant is hurt. He may not come back, for all we know right like he may be done for the entire playoffs you have a chance to go out there and whether you want to throw an asterisk on it or not like you have a chance to go out there and go beat the champs the team that you've been obsessed with for 4 years and you just passively let them
0: you know take that game back at home like what is wrong with you <laughs> I just, I'm just now picturing you just yelling at him.
1: What's wrong with you? That's what I want. That's what I mean. I'm basically like, there were points in the fourth quarter last night. I'm like, attack, attack. Like, I'm screaming at my TV to attack.
0: I have no rooting interest in this game, but I want to see him be him. And he wasn't. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. It's got to be just frustrating being his, his teammate. Like, if you're, if you're Chris Paul and you're just like, Chris knows he's aging, like he knows it's he's slowing down. He he's looking at James, going like, "You you got to do this, and and if you're not, like I can't do this anymore." Said, it's just got to drive you nuts in that sense. And it's just it's like you said, it's it's such a old hat with Harden now, though. It feels like every time it kind of gets difficult, he shrinks. We, we we haven't seen him kind of persevere through uh, a real moment, right? And like this this would be interesting, you know. This was you know this is their best chance. I mean, last year. Chris Paul was hurt. This is funny cuz it's kind of a reverse of last year. You know, the 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 Warriors being down 3-2, Chris Paul was out, they went two straight. Like this is their opportunity right. to do that. If you're the if you're the Rockets and this is when Harden's got to have his his two best games. Like there's no he can't go out there and have a uh, 3 for 14 from 3 performance. Like that just can't happen. Like the this is if he's going to be the guy that everybody thinks he is and we're going to talk about him all regular season about how amazing he is how he's the best offensive player he's got to step up in these two games
1: yeah historic players play historically in big moments and he's not really done that right he's been historic for up until these big moments and then we don't see it like I I I just don't know what excuse we want to keep making. Like I'm sure there's a memo Daryl Morey has at this point that's gonna shock the world in eleven months. But like what like I just don't know what we're doing. And it's not that it's not that I even doubt him. It's not that I don't think he's it's not like I'm like, oh he doesn't he's he's not good enough to do that. He's good enough. You're good enough. Go do it. Like well, I don't understand. I just don't understand what the mental block is. And granted, I'm not out there. I don't get it, but like I just I don't understand what is keeping him from grasping these moments.
0: Yeah, and I think Daryl's going to be too busy working on a memo about that Clay Thompson possibly being out of bounds. Um, oh, I'm sure I'm sure that's going to be the reason they lost, and not the fact that their their
1: you know MVP historic candidate took one shot in the
0: final eight forty. Yeah, yeah, that's. that's but again, you made it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was a big shot though, Zach. It was a beautiful layup. It was I, I remember it clearly. It was a finger roll right down the left side of the rim. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, uh, it's nice. W- let's let's look at it from the Warriors' perspective. They just got to find a way to win one game out of the next two. Um, obviously it's it's going to be tougher without KD. You know, the the, the funny well, go ahead. It's t- it's tougher, but it's it's also less complicated, right? <laughs> right.
1: Like that's the weird thing is that they're you know, there are rumors that or whispers or whatever. I don't know if anything's a whisper with, with uh, Stephen A. Smith, but like, there's, you know, these talks that like Clay Thompson is frustrated and he's, he's not happy with just the crumbs. He struggles. He comes out in game five and establishes himself early, has a good game, but um, it uncomplicates things while also making it tougher. And so I do wonder what the team mentality is. Like as long as Draymond can stay out of foul trouble, which is a, which is a big if. And as long as Steph can stay out of foul trouble, which is a big if like, it's not that I think they're going to be fine and and definitely go win Game Six because it's going to be hard to win in Houston regardless. But like, I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's awful. Like it's it makes everything tougher, but it it does give them a focus.
0: Right. And the one thing I kind of look at it too is for a team that's been kind of just going through the motions at times. Like you almost feel like this is what they needed. They needed a challenge. Right. Yeah. And you could kind of just see these guys going, you know, there was a quote, uh, I heard Levitar talk about it with Steph Curry, just kind of saying like, we all kind of just looked at each other smiling. Like it was like, we, we got this, like, this is going to be, this is what we needed. We needed that. They weren't happy. KD got hurt. That wasn't his quote, but it was just more like, okay, this is our challenge. Let's go, let's go tackle it. You know? And, and, and yeah, I won't be surprised if we see them a lot more disciplined and tighter in these games. You know, it's just again, it's just, this is where I actually think losing cousins really kinda hurts them because that's just another body. Uh another Oh, game maybe game. that's a surprise though. Maybe he comes back. Maybe uh, he
1: plays in game six. <laughs> he's been he's been working his way up, Zach. He's yeah, trying to
0: get back he's into coming it. Back. He's 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 training really hard. Uh it'll be it <laughs> that would be a shock. If he comes out in game six or seven, that'd be amazing. I also that
1: sounds medically irresponsible.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> not even close man uh but uh you know i sometimes i need entertainment if these games get boring <laughs> sure <laughs> i'm selfish that way uh all right so what's your thoughts you you're give me a prediction for for game six
1: um i think houston wins just because no kd and you're at home right you have to win that game like it, it, and it, yeah like you bring up an interesting point of like it is kind of similar to last year in that way like obviously Chris Paul Kevin Durant are different dynamics for their their respective teams but um there's a little bit of uh you know yin, yin and yang with with this series compared to last year but yeah like I expect Houston to win game 6 and then I expect I expect uh, Golden State to win game 7 at home regardless of KD playing or not like just because I usually pick the home team when it's Game Seven. I know they've lost one before; it was a big deal, three-one, all that BS. Like, <laughs> we could also stop making those jokes. Like, they weren't that funny to begin with, and now, like, when I see Cavs fans making them, I'm like, you're rooting for Colin Sexton? What's wrong with like? What are you doing, Zach? Don't, Why are you don't, talking
0: don't, trash. Don't they're rooting for Colin Sexton? Do not you don't even take. Know how do not Shady take Osmond's name. Do not take the only joy they have left, which is the three-one jokes away. I'm just saying, it's it, like I feel bad for them. Could we make them clever? Could we make them funny? You're asking. Is that too much to ask? You're, you're you're asking a lot. Now you're now you're going too far. <laughs> like I like if we're gonna make them, let's just let's have them be funny. <sighs> I don't think. Are, that's...
1: are are we still gonna do what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas jokes? Are we gonna do those too? Should we mention that Ashton Kutcher looks like uh, Kyle Korver? Like what are we, what else are we recycling here?
0: What are some other old jokes that we haven't heard? I haven't heard. I forgot about the Kutcher. Uh, you know, thing. jim carrey rick carlisle look alike mm-hmm. that, that was one. A good yeah that was definitely a trope what else yeah. we got? this is an interesting and eh, it's not that interesting of a rabbit hole okay <laughs> <laughs> i thought we were gonna have more and then i i came up completely blank that was on me um let's go from this series to a complete dumpster fire well which one do you, which dumpster fire do you want to go through first do you want to go through the boston celtics or do you want to go through the los angeles lakers
1: no, let's keep it to the playoffs for now. Let's go to this uh this just you what a bunch of bums. <laughs> yeah. You losers. Like what a bunch of bums. What a bunch of frauds.
0: You know, it's it's uh
1: somehow the least crazy thing out of out of last night's loss was Terry Rozier being mad over how much he sacrificed. Dog, you shoot 38% from the field.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. This this whole Whole season now, and 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 of course, it hurts me the most because I had actually picked Boston to win that series because I'm an idiot. Um, I mean, I, I never really thought like I thought that I thought the series would be tough. I never thought they were better than Milwaukee. I
1: thought they could give Milwaukee trouble and I thought, you know, if something if another injury hits Milwaukee, you know, Brogdon doesn't come back or, you know, Chris Middleton tweaks an ankle or something like that, yeah, then Boston could win the series. But in terms of just straight up, like, I never really thought Milwaukee was in that much of trouble in terms of closing out a series, no matter how difficult it could be. But I never thought it would be this easy. Yeah. Like, just, what I mean, just, I mean, and, and granted, like, it's on me too for assuming all year round like no 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 i think the celtics can get it together no they never could get it together they don't like each
0: other right and that's and that's a big thing and for me i just i didn't even think boston was better i just thought they they had the right equipment and it, and they could have put together a a good defensive game plan which they didn't. They didn't do that. That was the thing. They, they it was like they tried to take everything away. Which well,
1: ends- they, they they did in game one. Game one, it was like, oh, this is how you do it. And then Giannis was like, well, yeah, but what if I just keep coming at you? And like, oh, we have no counter for that. But Good it was enough.
0: it wasn't even that. Like offensively, when when Bud switched his his pick and roll scheme to switching, which is something the Bucks rarely did all year, it like completely screwed up the Celtics' offense. And I'm like, you guys haven't seen switching all year, right? Like, this is almost the main staple of every defense now, except for the Bucks. So, you know, they well, did a good job attacking in game one, especially the drop coverage. But then after that, they just had no ability to handle the switch. I was just so confused by their, their, uh, their whole game plan.
1: Well, I mean, it, it's a ni- it was a nice reminder of how we evaluate talent, right? Like, it's a nice reminder of we get excited because a team has success and they're young guys on said team and role players get success, and it's a bigger market, and it's a storied franchise, and all that stuff. So it it ramps everything up in terms of what we expect. But if you go through it, right, Kyrie Irving is really good individually, right? But never really been a team guy. Like, he just hasn't. Right, right. And it's and it's not, I don't think it's even an indictment. I think it's just a style of play. Like, that's how he's good. He is good at just one-on-one, he will murder you. But in terms of fitting, even even when he's racking up assists, like, Really, the only time I notice assists from him are in crunch time. That's when it feels like he's really making people better is in those close games where he's he's allowing the defense to kind of give him these little safety valves. And But other than that, like, the assists mostly seem empty to me. And so, like, all right, we know what Kyrie Irving is. Uh, Marcus Smart, healthy or not, is not good. He's a good defender. Right. He can score a little bit in the pick-a-roll. He's historically an atrocious three-point shooter, and that team needs three-point shooting. So, like, he's a fine role player, but if you're like, oh, my God, we're losing Marcus Smart, what's going to happen? Like, you're screwed. Like, you just are. Jalen Brown, really nice young player, think has a very bright future in this league, not consistent enough to be an attacker on on offense, and a good defender, but it's not like he's going to slow down Giannis or Chris Middleton, right? Right. Like, he's, he's solid, but he's also really young. Young players are dumb. Jason Tatum, not that good. He will be good. He had flashes as a as a rookie he had a couple of flashes this year he's gonna be really good but you're asking him to do too much as a second year player gordon hayward i don't know what the hell happened to him well i mean we do know he shattered his <laughs> I mean- like horrific <laughs> but like in this in this series he's fine right unless we unless he has some injury we don't know about like that seemed all
0: mental to me yeah and i think that's a big thing and that was my thing but with you've Gordon been back you've had good moments you had a good month leading up to the playoffs where the hell did you go I, I think that's just a I think I thought this whole year for him was going to be just sort of a let let me figure out basketball again and and so I'm not surprised that he kind of had that he had a good month and then fell off like he he hadn't been consistent all year so you know it, it, it was a run where he'd have a good week and then he'd have a bad three weeks, you know, and, and, and kind of yeah. keep going. So then he, he, he extended it to a good month. And then, you know, next year, I think he'll, he'll be a lot better in that sense, you know, uh not sure what Jersey he'll be wearing conversation right. for another day. Uh, But that's the, that's the thing with Hayward. I think, you know, you, you touched on a lot of things there, you know, Marcus smart offensive. Wait, 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 hold on. Let me do two more. Al All
1: Horford right. really good, but not, not the guy leading your team. Right. Right. But really good. Like an, an incredible Swiss army knife, Terry Rozier, an above-average backup point guard. I would just go average. No, because he can hit threes. Like he can't hit anything inside the arc, but he's a he's a solid three-point shooter, and he can be a pest on defense. But like, he's not good.
0: I, I, yeah, but I, I don't he's even good with this team. I don't even buy him as a as a, a a good locker room guy. Just exhibited by all the quotes he's been giving. Uh, immediately after this game, so right. so it's like you know, as your backup point guard, I don't need a dude that's going to cause problems if he's unhappy with his minutes. Which I right. get it. He had a he had a phenomenal year last last year, and he, did he? He was really good in the playoffs last year for them. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay,
1: I'm looking this up. All right, I, mean, I want to know what
0: if I get exposed. I'm just cutting all this out, Zach. That's just, fine. Just, I expect just, to. Yeah. see... <laughs>
1: All right, he averaged 16 points a game, which is good. 16 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. That's good. Uh, he shot 40% from the field. 34% from three.
0: Okay, so maybe I like, overrated
1: he's, it. Like, but. he can put up numbers, but he's
0: inefficient. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. But he was still really good, big for them in the playoffs last year. He outplayed Eric Bledsoe, who didn't want to be anywhere. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, but still, uh, I thought he was good last year. The thing is, the mistake, I think... It, and, and what Boston did was they should have sold high on him in the summer. One more year left on the deal. I'm sure you could have gotten something out of Phoenix. Uh, some sort of asset you could use for uh, another trade down the road or or whatnot. Um, but I think they kind of overvalued his... They've overvalued him in his whole career. Yeah.
1: Well, Like, I'm, they won't throw him into deals. And it's like, what are you doing? He's a backup point guard.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't think he's more than that. That's, that's my... My big thing. And then just really when it comes to the Celtics, you know, for the longest time, I've been a fan of his Brad Stevens. But I look at this one and I just go like, I, I just don't know what he did. I don't know if there's anything he could do, but I also just don't know what his plan was beyond game one. You know, what What did you think of his coaching in the series?
1: I thought it was terrible. I mean, they didn't make adjustments. Yeah. And and they didn't know how to deal with the adjustment. Like, like the the point you brought up where they didn't know how to attack a switch in defense. What? You know, like the weapons you have. You didn't know how to attack a switching defense. Like what are you like? How is that possible? How did? They, and it's not that it's not that they tried stuff and it didn't work. They looked lost. That's coaching. Like coaching is coaching is managing your players and managing the adjustments, right? Like it, obviously coming up with a game plan, but like that's the majority of coaching uh, in the playoffs. And, and he didn't do any of that. His players didn't like each other. His players never bought in. To the exact system he had a bad system offensively in the first place, yep. like like it like I just i don't think he's a bad coach, but he he was terrible, he was bad all year, yeah like and, and it's like, all right, you get your team to play defense that's good, that's good coaching, but outside of that, like what are you doing like they, he needs he needs to reevaluate what his offensive identity is for his team because this what they have now, and maybe it's personnel driven, but what they have now like you guys gotta you guys gotta like lace them up and go attack the basket.
0: Yeah, like that was a thing. Just all year they just were really low in points in the paint, didn't get enough, average enough free throw attempts, and just all of that. And if it was if they didn't make shots, they were screwed. Um, which they didn't in this series and, and they end up getting their asses kicked. What what do you think going from here? Where 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 does Boston go? I mean I mean, I know there's a lot out there. There's the AD stuff. We don't yeah, know where like, Kyrie's going. Trade,
1: I I I expect them to trade for Anthony Davis. Like, they have the big. They have the biggest treasure chest. No one, no one's going to be able to offer Jason Tatum, right? And right. Jason Tatum's good. Like, I mean, he's not good now, but he's going to be really good. Yeah, and um, I like I, I don't expect Kyrie to be there, but that might be a better thing for them, just in a sense of like. If you have Gordon Hayward returning to some kind of form, if you have Al Horford, you know, being able to facilitate, like those are two guys that you can run an offense through from a facilitation facilitating like standpoint, right? Right. And so if you do that, if you trade for Anthony Davis, like you got a lot of weapons, then you just need to kind of round it out with shooters. And I don't think that takes a lot. It may be hard to get guys to come there on short term deals because you don't know if Anthony Davis is gonna stay. But like they can still be a top four team in the East next year if Kyrie leaves. It's just, man, I don't. (laughs) Like they they have to change their identity
0: somehow because this identity is a bunch of bumps. Yeah, I mean this one's not gonna work. We we saw it, and it's funny because you even feel like from just Boston fans in general, they're just like, man, let's go get rid of these guys. Like they're oh yeah, I mean they don't seem to like them. Yeah, and and it's pretty interesting to see all that shake out. But Zach, your Bucks Conference Finals. I tried to tell these guys, I tried to tell everybody. Uh, granted, I may have said
1: it was going to happen last year as well, but under Mike Budenholzer, it was a lock. It was a lock. I mean, this team's just good. Like this team's fun. This team's good. like they play like uh, this, uh, this is going to sound so cliche, but they play basketball the right way. <laughs> you know? But they yes. do. like they play they play actual basketball on both ends of the floor. It's, and none of, it, none of it seems fluky from a schematic standpoint, right? Like, they're not gaming the system anyway. They're just going out and hooping and cutting down the floor. Like, the one issue I still have with them is they're terrible at defending the three-point line. Right. Like, they're really bad. They overhelp and they don't recover well. And that could burn them against Toronto or that would probably burn them against, you know, Golden State. Uh,
0: but, like, other than that, they do everything right. Yeah, and the thing about them is you can just see they really enjoy playing playing with each other. Like that's yeah. it's it's the exact opposite of what we saw with the Celtics, dude. I mean, the Celtics in game, or I'm sorry, the Bucks in game four make a huge run in the third quarter with all their big guns on the bench, and Patty Connaughton is the guy who who kind of spearheads this crazy run where they build a ten point lead, and these dudes on the bench are just going apeshit. They they they're so excited for each other. Like that's something you. You build on that, you know, and and you can you can really kind of make some great things happen in that sense. And obviously, like for me, I think Giannis is the MVP over James Harden this year. And you kind of just saw him after after game one, kind of just put together the this is why I'm the MVP. And and you know, some of it was just attacking re- relentlessly, like you said, and and putting pressure on on the Celtics and the refs to make foul calls and and get him to the line and get him going. And just kind of every time the Celtics made a run he had an answer for them and, and it was just kind of impressive to watch. And, and I've been one of those guys who were like, I don't know, come playoffs, teams can scheme for them and things like that. Nobody's done what I said they should, but I still think this is a uh, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal thing. And I'm, and, you know, I'm kind of excited to see what they do in the next round. Most likely going to be Toronto. So a, uh, oh man, how fun, like Giannis versus Kawhi. It's unreal. Dude. Like how fun is that? It's going to, it like, can we just do one-on-one like I don't even need the other four guys on the court. yeah
1: no yeah, I'm 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 good with it like I you know it's like it's like Dame versus Russ but if Russ was good
0: <laughs> pretty much um that's kind of it you know and and I think that's the uh that's gonna be a, hopefully gonna be a really fun fun series uh in in the conference finals I I like Philly I just don't think Philly has a chance to beat Toronto um in in seven games, even if they win today, I just don't think they'll win Game Seven. Um,
1: yeah, like I just Ben Simmons is non-existent. Like, I mean, at some point he has to not be afraid to play basketball. And and Joel Embiid, like, I don't know, like, is he going to keep getting an, another illness? Like, he's had two different illnesses in this series. Uh, he's had more illnesses than good games. Yeah, like that's fair. That's crazy, and so. Like if he can get right, I f- I think the Sixers will win in game, you know, in seven. If if he gets back on track, like I don't think Toronto can handle the Sixers when when Joel Embiid is going great. But it's just like man between the knee and the respiratory stuff and having bubble guts and all that. Right, like, I don't know when he's going to find that consistency. And so if he goes, you know, the the Sixers have no chance. But I I still like I'm still holding out hope because I do think like all right if Embiid comes in tonight and he's healthy, like or he's healthy enough. I don't know what I don't know what Toronto does.
0: Yeah the the only thing for me is just Kawhi, like he he had his bad game, which by the way wasn't that bad in Game Five. I mean he didn't shoot it all that well, but then
1: the- I, yeah when you get held to twenty one and fourteen like you're you're pretty good. Yeah,
0: and that's and that's considered a bad game. You're you're, you're killing. Um, so and then the bench guy started to kind of come alive. So who knows if that continues for. For Toronto, but if they get all that I think that's that's where it becomes difficult. but you touched on one thing you you w- you talked about it a little bit with Boston you you mentioned it with Simmons. one thing I did want to talk about is you know how our expectations for these second year guys is getting kind of ridiculous, especially their second year in the playoffs like I get it. Tatum had a phenomenal playoffs <clears throat> excuse me wow um uh, no Whoa. whoa. <clears throat> there we go. Tatum had a phenomenal playoffs last year. Donovan Mitchell was amazing all year last year, and and in the playoffs, Simmons was really good last year. Struggled in the playoffs, but you know, still had a Rookie of the Year. I thought he was worthy of it. This year, you know, these guys didn't really make the leap that everybody assumes that they should make. Um, you know, like you said, Tatum just wasn't good this year. You know, and it's not that we don't think he can't be good. But he just wasn't good. It's just funny to me, and 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 Simmons is probably the guy who gets it the most. Just how much we kill these dudes immediately after they struggle in their second year of the playoffs. Like, I get it if yeah their I, fifth year, sixth year. I'm 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 like okay, I get it. But I'm not I'm not going to kill a guy in the second year of the playoffs if they struggle.
1: Yeah, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying kill. Like, it's more to me. I don't I don't mind if guys play poorly. It's when they play scared, right? Like Jason Tatum played poorly, Donovan Mitchell played poorly. Ben Simmons playing scared. Ben Simmons playing like he doesn't want to do anything on offense except just throw a little pass, and he's not like you're not that, right? Like I think I think uh, Jonathan Sharks came out with a thing of like he's a center, not a point guard, and this is the same shit we did with Giannis. Like oh my god, you imagine Giannis at point guard? Right. Yeah, I can. It doesn't sound as good as him at center. <laughs> like Ben Simmons is a power forward. Right. Go be a power forward. like, And it's great that you can pass. We've seen this with Jokic, right? Like, in terms of, like, oh, a big guy who can pass? Like, granted, Jokic runs the point technically at some times, bringing the ball up the court and, do, and initiating an offense. But, like, for the most part, he's throwing his big ass in the mid-block, and they're just running off him. Go do that. I don't understand why you can't do that with Ben Simmons. And maybe that's a Brett Brown thing, right? right. Maybe that's a Brett Brown issue where he needs to find a better way to utilize him. But it's also, like, I, I, mean, I mean, and I talked about this on the radio yesterday of, like, I don't care if you go to the free throw line 17,000 times in a game and you miss 17,000 free throws. Go get the other team in foul trouble. Okay, you go three for 12 at the free throw line. That's embarrassing. You know what's embarrassing? Fouling out because they can't stop you from getting to the basket. Right, Like, that's that's what I want to see out of him. I don't care that he can't shoot a jumper. I don't care that he can't hit free throws. I don't care about any of that stuff. Like, he's young. He has a chance to develop those skills. He has other skills. He's a really good defender. He's obviously a great passer for his size. He can rebound. Like, he can do other things. He can get out in transition. But if you're going to be too afraid to attack the basket in quarters one through
0: three, I don't have a use for you. It, that's, that's pretty fair. I felt like he's, like, I went through game four, uh, and and I watching it live, I was like, wow, Simmons really had a terrible game. When I went back and rewatched it though, I thought he was there there were moments where he was more aggressive attacking the rim and, and more assertive. He he wasn't good in game five. I'm not game five was he was he was bad. Like there's no question about it. Yeah, but, there, but there, like, there oh should the standard be like like oh he
1: you know I thought he was pretty good in that game. Or should it be like, yo, you're attacking all the time because no one can stop you from
0: attacking. Yeah, no, I think this is the lead up to that. I think this is in the next year, the year after that. Like I think this is he's going to have that moment hopefully at some moment it's all going to click and he's going to start being that relentless kind of attacker. You know, we're going to
1: Yeah, I and I'm I'm with you on like I think the way we talk about young players is stupid. Right. I think the way we talk about draft prospects is stupid.
0: Yeah, we're going to do it with right.
1: Zion. I mean Oh, we're already like there are people there are people who are like Oh my God, if he's not a number one guy, a number one franchise guy, then why would you draft him? I'm like, okay, then who else do you draft in this <laughs> one? Like, someone has to be the number one pick, whether it's a good draft class or not. He's going to be good. He's going to be franchise changing.
0: He's not going to be a number one player. Right. Like, we, like, he's just not, but that's okay. Yeah. I think, like, our expectations with these guys is just like, okay, this guy's going to be all NBA. I'm like, do you know how hard it is to be one of the top 15 players in yeah, any league? Like,
1: we we only give that out to fifteen guys every year, and a lot of them are the same ones every single year because it's really hard to crack that club.
0: Yeah, like it's not like I just kind of look at like our our expectations, and so it's like, and even if he has a phenomenal rookie year, and and but doesn't take the quote unquote leap his second year, I'm like, guys, it doesn't work that way. Like taking the leap is something that that kind of it, it's something that builds up over time and. It's it's more like the stock market, you know. You're gonna go up, you're gonna go down, you're gonna go up, you're gonna go down for a, you know a while. It's not. Kawhi screwed it up for all of us, right? Kawhi came in and it was like every year he just got better and better and better to the point now he's the Terminator, and we just think every prospect should be able to do that. And it doesn't work that way. It's so it's so dependent on health, on uh, just situations, getting into the right organization. I mean, if you get drafted by. Uh, for the longest times, if you got drafted by the Sacramento Kings, it was like we never heard from you again. You know, it's it's right. Yeah,
1: I mean, I like it's just like I say this all the time. Do you trust a young person to do anything intelligent? Like, not that they can't do it, but do you trust them to make intelligent decisions constantly? Absolutely like, not. Absolutely not. So why would we trust young players in the NBA to do it because they're talented? Of course they're talented. You made it to the NBA. There's 449 of the most talented players in the world and Nick Vucevic, right? Like, I mean, oh, yeah. Magic fans, I haven't forgotten about that. Real quiet during these playoffs, aren't you? Real quiet. Real quiet the last month or so as you nervously waited to see if you could beat out the Detroit Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets and Miami Heat. Combine those three teams, they'd still get swept by the Bucks in the first round. But, you know, like, that, like you know what I'm saying, though? Like, of course, like we know they're talented, but we also like a guy is going to get picked second in the draft, and then we're going to be like, "Well, you better produce." He didn't tell—he didn't tell them to pick him second. Right? It's like I'm not absolving young players of like living up to expectations, but like as analysts, we say this guy's the next LeBron James, and then he's not LeBron James. And we're like, "Wow, that guy sucks." No, maybe the the analysis sucks. Yes, right? Yes. Like maybe that sucks. like. Don't get me wrong. Darko Milicic was a bust. Like, he was a bust, but he didn't he didn't pick himself second in the draft. He didn't pick himself ahead of Dwayne Wade, right? right. He didn't pick himself ahead of Chris Bosh or even Chris Kamen. Like, he didn't do any of that. And so we see number two pick in the draft. He must be good. No, let's kill Joe Dumars for it. He's the one that made that pick over those other guys. Like, that's – like, I just think we need to reevaluate how we talk about draft prospects. When we say this guy is the best prospect since LeBron James, when he's not LeBron James, that doesn't mean anything. Like, you remember in, in high school, Austin Rivers was the next Kobe Bryant. Like, right. that was literally said about him. And then he comes out, and he's okay. He's a solid role player in the NBA, right? But he's not, like, worthy of, like, the high school or, or freshman year praise. And we're like, oh, I guess he's not that good. Correct. Neither is the analysis.
0: Yeah, that's that's more of the question, right? It's it's the analysis. It's 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 the way we're looking at these guys, and we 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 want to be the one to say, "I knew he was going to be as good as this guy." And it's like, come right. come on, we, guys. We do it with coaching too. Yeah. Like we
1: don't know anything about these coaching prospects. We don't know anything about these assistants. Like it's like we know a little bit, but like even Brad Stevens last year, Brad Stevens coaches a bunch of role players to the conference finals of a weak ass conference, and we start getting all these Boston media members going, man. If you had to pick between starting a franchise with Brad Stevens and Giannis Antetokounmpo, I don't know who you pick. What? <laughs> you pick that superstar. Always. Whose games don't end? Always. It's like, what are you talking about? If you had me pick between Giannis or Greg Popovich for the next ten years, I'm taking Giannis. Yes. That's not a. That's not a knock on on Pop. That's just how the NBA is. That's how basketball works. Like, we get so caught up in the new thing. And we want it to be something great. Like we went through this argument on, on the podcast during the summer with, with uh, John Gervais, who's a huge Sixers fan, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like uh, – and we were asking, we were basically like, hey, would you trade Ben Simmons? And it meant you got Kawhi Leonard this summer. He's like, no, man, you know how good Ben Simmons is? I was like, do you know how good Kawhi is? I'm not shitting on John here, but uh-uh. but, it, but that's the mentality of a lot of fans. It's like, oh, my God, well, Ben Simmons could
0: become anything. He, bec- he could become as good as Kawhi Leonard. Right. Go get the good one. Right, get the piece. Go get the one we already know is good. Right, and we see it with all fans. You know, I, we see it with fans kind of like they, they overvalue their, their young talent just thinking like, God, this is going to be so great like yeah. when they get there. Oh and I'm God. like, dude, you have no idea if they're going to get there
1: like We, We wasted, what, four or five years of Devin Booker already? Yeah. Like, you know Devin Booker, how good he is and how meaningless he is at the same time because of that franchise?
0: It's unbelievable. So, it's, you know, it's just like I just I get so frustrated with it. And I get fr- and, and I'm glad you brought up coaching, too. I hate when people are like, oh, he's a terrible coach or things. There are things where it's like, yo, that's a bad coaching decision. There's also a lot of stuff behind the scenes that people have no idea these coaches are dealing with sometimes, whether it's right. crazy ownership or management, uh, whether it's a, a crazy locker room like Brad Stevens had in, with the Celtics. uh, you, you know, like Brett Brown, I think you know, for everybody's killing him as a coach and, and X's and O's and you can have whatever. Yo, that's not an easy team to coach. You, I mean, Jimmy Butler is not an easy dude to coach and let alone incorporate in the mid-season. Yeah. Joel Embiid's not an easy guy to coach. Hell, like, hell no. There's a lot of distraction there. He's good. He's worth it, but that's not easy. Yeah, and and, and so it's like always those things. So whenever everybody's like, "Let's, we got to fire our coach and get the new coach. Okay, who's out there? Who are you getting out there? I, I know one name that's out there and that's and that's Ty Lue, uh because the lakers are are morons but that's a whole different issue uh but who's out there like whenever you want to go get a coach new coach it's like who who are you going to go get it's not like
1: there's how do you let, how do you let a whole rambus marriage run your organization oh that's cuz it's... it's like an entire rambus marriage that's that's cuz the owner has no idea what they're doing
0: that's that's you know what it is yeah. it's 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 the it's the same thing we saw when Jim Buss brought on his friend Chaz, the bartender, to be oh, a scout. Oh, Chaz! By the way, just awesome story. That was just an awesome story when that. Wait, like, not to, I don't want to shit on
1: Chaz here. That's a goal. No, no, friend A friend gets prominent position. You get to just tag along and get a cool title, dude. I'm trying. I'm
0: trying to marry up, so I'm all. I'm all for Chaz doing I'm, what he did. Who? Like, I'm. I have no problem with Chaz, and if a. Uh, if, if a company called me right now and said, "Hey, we want you to be our CFO," I'm like, "Okay, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to take the job." Um, right, <laughs> You know, and you know, it's the same thing with with the Jeannie Bus. It's her best friend Linda Rambis and her husband Kurt Rambis running the show. It's Rob Palenka because he's tied to Kobe that she feels like you know Kobe said she should hire him. You know, let alone the fact that. There's a report, I don't know how, how true it is or whatnot, but Phil Jackson told Jeannie that she should hire Ty Lue. Like, the fact that these are the people she's leaning on. Like, she's not leaning. She's not making decisions on herself. She's just leaning on the people around her, the people that she knows, that she has some somewhat of a small history with, and feels like, okay, these are good decisions. They're not. They're bad decisions. I mean, Palenka played this wrong thinking they had the leverage. They didn't. And the thing is about Ty Lue... You know, I worked with him with the Clippers. I know one thing about him. He's not going to be pushed into a situation. If he doesn't like it, he's not going to do it. And that's exactly what we saw. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just like
1: so, I mean, you know, this. like so much of this league is just getting out of your own way. Yeah. Because everybody is talented or smart or, well, not everyone's smart, but most people are talented enough or smart enough to to justify being in a position in the NBA. Right? Yeah. And, and and then from there, it's how do you get out of – how do you remain confident and have an ego but not let it get in the way? Yeah. And and, and the yeah. Lakers just for eight years now have just been letting it get in the way.
0: Well, they just think there's something that they're not, and it's like, this is ridiculous. And it's great to watch the Clippers arise as as these dudes are uh, uh, basically just twiddling their thumbs like morons, thinking they're going to – I mean, they're going to end up wasting another LeBron year, and then that becomes a, a, a bigger story because his option – Everybody keeps saying he's there for four years. It's three years and an option. He has the option to, to get out of this if he wants to in two years. You know, you have to go get somebody this summer. It's not like, hey, we can go wait for Anthony Davis. Besides the fact that 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 strategy has yet to really pan out for the Lakers. Once, um, I mean, like yeah. it's 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 the Laker hubris. It's this whole concept of like, hey, you know, we're the Lakers. I'm like, dude, nobody cares anymore. Nobody cares.
1: Yeah. I mean, you see that with a son, like Robert Sarver's, like, I'm Robert Sarver. Yeah. Because you have these wildly successful people who then just assume that goes to any industry. And it's just not how it works.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to try that once. You know, at least I just want to roll into the Starbucks I go into and go, I'm Mo Doc Hill. Nobody's. I tried team. it. I tried it. I tried it to
1: upgrade on a Delta flight. It didn't work.
0: <laughs> that's just Delta, though. That's Delta's law, yeah, that's Zach. True. Let's, let's be honest yeah. here. You know, you you try that on a. Do you uh,
1: love those Sky Miles, though? Oh, man.
0: <laughs> you you got to work your way into that lounge there, Zach. I, I don't know. Oh,
1: man. Yeah. If I can get into the lounge, whoo. Oh, can't tell me anything. No. I'll sign all kinds of bad free agents.
0: <laughs> in the lounge.
1: <laughs> yeah, in the lounge. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Where does Zach Harper do all his deals? In the Delta Lounge, doesn't matter.
1: Delta Lounge, doesn't matter you call, what you airport. Come see me with a mimosa.
0: <laughs> oh man, but yeah, this is just—it's just a disaster with what's going on in LA. They're ruining that. Um, I—I I know we kind of been all over the place on the pod today. It, it, it Didn't seem like we had a, a structure, and that's probably because we didn't. Um, but
1: oh, oh, you know I don't like structure.
0: Well, I know if I know when I have you on, if I have a structure. It's gonna go out the window in the first few minutes, anyways. Yeah. So I'm
1: not paying attention to that structure. No offense to you, but I just don't like <laughs> to do that with anything.
0: Yeah. So I uh, and and I understand. This is this is about knowing your guest a little bit. And, right. <laughs> and 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 speaking of that, how excited are you for John Wick three?
1: Dude, oh my God! It is. What's today? Today's the eighth. Yes. The ninth. Eighth, I think. Right. Eighth. Today's the ninth. Oh wow. Okay. So a week from today. It starts coming into theaters with those late viewings. Uh, I will be in Chicago next weekend. I'm going to see it in Chicago next weekend, multiple times. And and like I've (laughs) I've already told the listeners who are coming for the live show in Chicago that uh, because they asked like, hey, are we going to see like, do you want to do a John Wick three viewing or whatever? I said I'm willing to do that on my second viewing. (laughs) I said, but the first viewing is just me. I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to go alone. I'm going to sit in the theater and not not know anybody, and I'm just going to go and experience the movie and enjoy it. And then after that, I'll go watch it with whoever the hell wants to go watch it again. Like, I'm in, I'm in for that. But I've avoided the trailers this entire time. I know one thing about the, or I know two things about this movie. One, there's a part where he's riding a horse because I saw that picture online a year ago, <laughs> and it pissed me off that I saw it. And that's when I decided I didn't want to watch the trailer because I just wanted to go in as fresh as possible because I went into John Wick 1. Not knowing anything, I just thought Keanu action movie. I'm oh, in. This will be hilarious, and it was great. Yes. Like it's legitimately one of the best action movies you can ever watch. Like it's so good. And then John Wick Two. I went in having seen the trailer a million times during the playoffs before it came out. Right. right. And it's still good. I still really enjoyed it. It's still, it's still one of my my favorite though action movies. But I was like a little disappointed. I was like, man, I saw so much in the trailer, and so this time I just decided I'm gonna. I'm going to go in fresh. I'm not going to watch a trailer. And the other thing I know is that Bobon's in it. Yeah. I mean, I know Bobon's in it from all the, you know, the aggregated stories and all that stuff. So those are the two things I know about it. I don't know anything else. I don't want to know anything else for another week until I go into that movie theater and I just have my John Wick experience for me. And I'm, and like, it sounds selfish and it sounds stupid. I literally ran out of a theater a, a month ago <laughs> because I was there to see a movie, I was there to see us. And I was, and I was. I was with uh, I was with a, a, a date, and I told her I said, "Hey, I just got to let you know." And I I said it like the preview before the John Wick trailer came out, <laughs> so it was kind of like prescient. I didn't know it was going to come. I said, "Oh, by the way, like if the John Wick three trailer starts to come on, I'm going to leave the theater." And she's like, "What?" I was like, "I'm like trust. Me, I just I don't want to see the trailer. I want to go in completely fresh." She's like, "Okay." I was like, "Well," she's like, "All right," and she's like, kind of gave me a weird look, and uh, and then like the next trailer it flashes and i and i could hear it was and like i didn't even see him yet i didn't see anything from the movie i just i had a feeling i had a connection like as soon as i heard the noise and i heard and i saw the production thing come up i, I was like oh fuck and i i got up and i walked out and she's and she's like looked at me like what and i was like and i was like and i like pointed at the screen and i like basically I started doing that thing where I didn't I didn't plug my ears because that would look fucking crazy to Uh-oh. do. <laughs> but,
0: running out during I the was,
1: trailer. I did one of those things where you you know you like can kind of hum to yourself yep. in a way that really distorts sound. So I did that. I went, mmm, like as I walked out of the trailer. But it's so loud like no one could hear me. Right. And I walked out into the hallway, and I just stood there for three minutes. I timed it for three minutes. I was like, I don't know how long this fucking trailer is. Right. <laughs> I stood there for three minutes, and I walked back in, and I sat down, she's like, she's like, you were serious about that? I was like absolutely. Yeah. I was like we'll talk
0: about it after the movie. I'm I am a We've talked about this before. The craziest part of that? Y- yeah. We've gone on more dates. That I have to that wasn't a deal breaker. I now. have to question her decision making. Uh, oh, 100%. It's a huge red flag. They're, 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 there's questions there. <laughs> I have I have concerns. Uh, you might need to run away. Uh, <laughs> um, we, we've talked about this before on a podcast. I am very anti trailers in general. So,
1: I, yeah, I'm not totally anti like I like trailers. I just there's certain certain movies. Where I, and like, you know, me, I love the Fast and Furious franchise. Right. I'm all in on that. I'm all in on this Hobbs and Shaw thing. I want to see the Hobbs and Shaw trailer. I want to see the ridiculousness of it. Yeah, see, like I'm I, like I'm good with seeing it. But for some reason, the Wick thing, like there's something more emotional in there for me. Where I'm just like, nah, I'm I, I can't see it.
0: Yeah, you know, for me, again, it's it's I feel like once I've decided I want to see the movie, I don't want to know anything about it period. Yeah, and, like, and there are movies I know I'm going to see. I'm going to go see Star Wars. I'm going to go see right, mo- yeah. Marvel movies. You know, I'm going to see John Wick. Like this is those things. And you made fun of it, but I am that dude in the theater when the trailer comes on. I literally put my head down, plug my ears and make that sound you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, no, but it's like it's oh man, it's funny like I I just like I don't know, I don't know what it is. Like I don't and I it's weird to me that people read reviews of movies before they see the movie. Yeah. I'm Like that's that's an insane decision to me. Because I don't understand why you wanna know like there I guess Game of Thrones spoilers came out. Right. Leaks came out. On the internet, I, I I think that happened. I have no idea because I would never seek that stuff out. And if I started to see it, I would turn away because I don't want I don't want to know what happens. I don't even like discussing. Like we do it on the podcast on the Game of Thrones recast, but I don't even like discussing. Like, hey, how do you think this is going to go next week? Right. I don't want to know. I don't want to guess. I don't want to guess correctly. That's not going to make me feel good about it. Like I just want to go and experience it and. And it's like, I don't know, maybe it's a self-righteous thing or whatever. But, like, I, I have gotten to this point where, like, if you want to see a,
0: a spoiler for a movie you're really excited to see, that's crazy to me. That's stupid. It's, it's just dumb. So uh, plug the live show. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing tickets are still not are, are not available. I don't know if you guys. I think we have a couple stragglers left. Where I think we're just about
1: sold out. but We have a couple. So Chicago, uh, May 18th. Uh, if you if you come to Chicago, if you're in Chicago, uh, May 17th, we're gonna have a night out with all the listeners and uh, who are coming in and all that. So you can uh, hit us up in the Discord or hit us up on Twitter for that. But yeah, May 18th, go to countthedings.com, Lincoln Hall in Chicago. Uh, it's gonna be a phenomenal show.
0: Yeah, it's. I've been a few times. They're always great. the 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 event the night before is phenomenal. I led you to the karaoke place in Boston. Um, I made sure you made it there. I did a very good job with that as well. Uh, Didn't we get lost? No, no, no. We walked the wrong way. No, 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 no. no. We were there. We were, we were in the vicinity. We were good. Um, and <laughs> we're like a block away, and we're like, I guess this is it. We there were no there was no karaoke to be sound. No, 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 no to no, be no, heard. No. Like. Zach, Zach, Zach. No, no. We, I, I led you. You were fine. You made it. We got there. You said. I mean, you, you led me. You didn't lead me out of Boston. We made it. So there, like that's <laughs> technically
1: true. Like we were still in the city.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, yeah we, we made it. We got there. We got there. I, okay. I, I led you. Don't worry. Uh, anyways, I won't be there. You led, you led me like Kyrie Irving led the Celtics. Oh, uh, oh. I felt that like was there was harsh. a little. That was too there, mean. I felt there was yeah. a little more. Uh, a little more joy in what we were doing on our walk. I,
1: I definitely was the Terry Rozier of that moment.
0: <laughs> man, I, I I think we just – you know what? We're just going to end it right there. That's about right, yeah. <laughs> Zach, thanks for coming on, man.
1: Thanks, buddy, Tom.
0: Thanks, bud. That's it for our show. Be sure to rate us, like us, leave reviews on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher – YouTube, wherever else you go to listen to your podcast, have yourselves a break.